everyone. Welcome to another week's episode of the African Bohemian Podcast. This week, we are joined by Florence Adepoju. Florence is the founder of MDM Flow, a beauty brand that caters to women of color in the United Kingdom. Uh, since launching her beauty brand, her work in the beauty industry has been acknowledged by the New York Times, Forbes, among a host of many prestigious media organizations. Florence is currently on a journey to start a foundation line that will cater for black women. In this episode, we touch on diversity in the beauty industry, the nuances of navigating the industry, why black women tend to pay a premium for being black, and the importance of being confident and passionate as a woman in the beauty game. We hope you enjoy our conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of the African Bohemian Podcast. Um, Could you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about what you do? Thank you so much for having me. Um, So yeah, like you said, I'm Florence Adepoju, um, aka Flo, the founder of MDM Flo, a beauty brand I started five years ago, um, literally at home in my parents' shed. And it's something that I created because I felt that the beauty industry wasn't really representative primarily of me in terms of the products that were available, their suitability um, for various skin tones, but also the influences that the industry had. So for me, MDM Flow really is about um, empowering women to just be confident with beauty products that work for them, regardless of their skin tone, and you know, building a community that is authentic and really enables women to represent themselves in the way that they want, as opposed to dictating and telling them how they should be. Mm, man, that's that's so powerful. I, the first I love time, it. <laughs> uh, the first time I heard about you was basically when I went to a Black Ballad um, event, and then I, I mean, I pretty much was introduced to you there. Yeah, and I was—I pretty much got a, a feel of what, you, what you've been doing in the makeup industry. And I was so inspired. And uh, most importantly, because, you, I mean, you're Black and you yeah. are Nigerian, you know? Yeah. So shout out, <laughs> so shout out to... How did you start your business? And what really inspired you, um, say, from, a, I would say, more from an academic perspective? What inspired you to... Yeah, sure. Like I always tell my story um, from the point at which I got interested in the industry, which I think is really important. There's so many um, entrepreneurial stories where the founder says, oh, you know, I was selling sweeties on the playground or like I had a lemonade stand. So it was so obvious. Um, Whereas with me, that really wasn't the case. Um, I was always very academic, um, naturally gifted um, in science. Um, and yeah, so I, I, and being Nigerian, I definitely thought I was going to become a doctor. And then after I realized I didn't want to become a doctor, I thought like I'm going to become a pharmacy because realistically growing up, you're only told about very few career choices, which is, you know, finance, law, um, medicine, um, maybe banking. That's probably the most creative thing. Um, you're told about so yeah I didn't even know that what I am currently doing now really existed um but that being said I think like at the same time looking back I think I had very entrepreneurial traits um and I have always been quite like creative um loved art but always considered it as something that I did for fun so it was like you know I have these very serious academic things that I do and then at some point I'm gonna forgo the fun part of my education and I'm just going to be serious um I got into college I was studying biology chemistry 
um, IT, which I dropped after the first year, and art and design, again, thinking that I'm going to go into pharmacy, and art is just something that I really enjoy doing, and I'll probably drop at some point um, as I go further into my education. Whilst at college, I got a job on a beauty counter, and that was a very transformational moment for me. Up until that point, um, I had applied for places to study pharmacy at university, um, even I think that even might have happened after I got the job so even when I got the job and I really knew that I enjoyed working in the beauty industry it still was just kind of like okay but I still have to you know live out the Nigerian dream um, and I think working in the for the counter after a while just kind of made me realize that actually the feeling I have in this job of doing something that I really love is the feeling that I want to have in whatever career I go on to do. And then one day we went for like a training day at head office. And at that point I was like, okay, this is really cool. What can I use my skill sets for within this industry? Like how can I make a difference? And at the same time, like having this weird experience of really loving my job, but at the same time, not feeling like the products were for me. So like, I remember they did a foundation launch, um, and they didn't have a shade that was dark enough. And they were like, oh, yeah, but, like, it's available in America. And then customers would come to the counter. And I'd be like, yeah, we don't have your shade, but it's available in America. I'm thinking, this is really ridiculous. Like, we just can't keep telling black women in the UK to go to America to buy makeup. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Um, so, yeah, I um, wanted to get deeper into that. So I did a YouTube search and I saw videos of students from the London College of Fashion, funnily enough, formulating foundation. And that for me was the moment where I was like, OK, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to have the key skills to make um, products and to fix the issues that I am seeing within the brand that I'm working for. Um, so, yeah, that was my foray into the industry. I studied at the London College of Fashion for four years. And at the beginning of my final year, like at that stage, a lot of people are looking at graduate positions. And um, throughout the four years, I kind of toyed with the idea of working for other companies or what other roles I could do within the industry. And then by the time I got to final year, I was pretty sure that I wanted to just run my own business. So my final year project was on color perception and lipsticks and just basically about the experience that a lot of women of color have when they try makeup that isn't made for them. And they think that they therefore cannot wear that color, be it a red lipstick, be it a blue lipstick, be it a black, gray green lipsticks just this thing of like oh color doesn't work great great on me I can only wear brown without actually thinking I'm not the problem the product just hasn't been made for me so that's something that I focused heavily on in my final year um, and yeah as soon as I graduated I started my business hmm. um, I love the fact that you said when women of color especially darker skinned women wear a particular um shade maybe green purple they sometimes think well oh, it doesn't suit me but i like the fact that you say no the color is not um they don't they don't tailor made the co the color for us you know and which is basically um the angle that you're kind of approaching this from and this is um very much needed um within within the uk obviously you've been referred to as changing the face of beauty you know yeah um you have been compared to um, Rihanna, you know, in a sense of basically yeah. like the foundation, uh, the fact that you are giving women of color options uh, yeah. with regards to foundation. So I, I know you- a terrible person to be compared to, so I'm happy. 
Oh, yes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I know you started off with lipstick and now you're moving into uh, foundation. So yeah. talk us through a little bit about the foundation kind of journey and what kind of, what, how many shades or what colors are available for our chocolate beauties out there? Yeah, so I'm currently doing um, an Indiegogo crowdfund um, to kind of aid the development process of the foundation range. So since the beginning of my business, um, I've been requested to make foundations. Um, as a brand, foundations are very heavy investment and are very difficult to create. So at the beginning, when I like only had like five or ten people, <laughs> believe it or not, that were interested in what I was creating, it was very difficult and daunting to be like, oh, okay, I have a tiny audience, but I'm gonna, you know, embark on this like massive project. Whereas now, coming up to five years, a lot of time, a bigger community of women who are interested in what I'm doing, it's a lot easier to be like, okay, I finally have a pool of people big enough to like make this happen. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I think with foundations, like I think like what Rihanna and some other brands have done has been amazing, but we're still not at the stage where a woman from anywhere can go on the high street um, and, you know, have as much of a selection as any other woman. Do you know what I mean? So like a, a, um, if you're, if you if you're white for example and you walk into a store you can have a selection of up to 50 foundations to choose from but as a black woman you probably have one or two and that just kind of imbalance within the industry is i think something that as much as um there have been new waves and strides being made it's still an imbalance that needs to be addressed and one of the key things i'm trying to address with my campaign is not only to have a foundation that matches our skin tones um, in an amazing way but for them to actually be good for our skin so it's more than just about the color it's about the quality of the formula it's about the ingredients it's about tackling issues that um, women of color tend to face with like dryness um, with skin texture um, it's about it being affordable as well because um, another area of diversity that isn't really tackled is um, affordability and so sometimes you kind of feel like you're paying a premium for being black because you know we have to like spend so much more money because number one a lot of the stuff we buy it doesn't work for us and then when we and when we do find something that works it costs like x amount more so just kind of looking at all the different little nuances um, within the industry that I feel like I'm finally in a position to tackle and really thinking specifically um about women in the uk wow that's um i love the fact that this is a very thought through process it's not a knee-jerk reaction it's something that you've thought through it's something that is um yeah i j i don't want to say game changer because it's it's much more than that it's it's revolutionary which is yeah so definitely. and that thing i think it's about like redefining what it is to be a brand and how the beauty industry represents women specifically women of color because i think up until now the industry has been allowed to look at women of color as a trend or as you know okay let's bring out a limited edition shade for one season oh and it sells out and then you can't repurchase it again and i think like brands like mine exist to say if you're not going to seriously think about this massive pool of a customer then i'm just going to take all the money <laughs> Hmm. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> uh, for, 
Florence, what does a typical working day look like for you? Oh, I don't even know that I know what a typical working day is. Um, at the moment, I'm between offices. I'm moving to my new office on Thursday. So for the last kind of month, I've been working from home-ish, which has been horrific because it just means that I've been working 24-7, literally from the moment I wake up at 6.30. I'm like on my emails. Um, and then like I'm like, like literally emails in bed and then I get swept away and by nine I'm like okay you can't just work from bed for the whole day so then I'll kind of like you know get dressed have breakfast sit at the desk um do some more work um but yeah but it is it's different day to day because I like if I have meetings I tend to try and make all my meetings happen within the same day um I live just outside of London so it means that I can just be out for the whole day and just have meeting after meeting um if I'm working on a video shoot like recently we um um Tia Savage did some music videos wearing our lipsticks which was amazing and it meant that we were on set with her from like six o'clock in the morning till like literally midnight which even though it's a really long day it's really fun because it means I get to like um leave the office and yeah and so now that I'm gonna be back in the office when I go move into my new office it just means that I'll be able to like wake up in the morning hopefully not do so much work and then just kind of like relax until I get to the office and start working then I guess it's the typical life of an entrepreneur (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, what have some of your challenges have been along the way? I'll be here all day. Um, <laughs> I, um, I always, I always say the biggest challenge is money, but now I think, yeah, I'll still say finance because I think the other challenges are very like there are things that you can do to like work around them, whereas I think finance is a really difficult thing because as a small business you have so many ideas and so many things you want to do and you just can't afford to do everything at the same time and you really have to think okay what resources do I have what can I do for free what can I stretch what really isn't important um and just kind of be very resourceful around how you manage things and manage things and I've I'm I would like to say that running this business has given me like my financial education. Like I wasn't ever someone who was massively financially savvy um, before I started this. So it just meant that I kind of had to like figure out how to make things happen on a shoestring. But at the same time, it's a massive challenge, but it's also really fun because when you manage to make things happen, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm walking on air and I'm making this happen. Imagine when I have like a massive budget um to you know really make things happen which I guess is exciting and and another thing about finance as well is like um data has just come out and like less than one percent of black owned black female owned sorry businesses receive venture capital investments so just knowing that you're a bit lagging behind just you know for reasons that are out of your own control because of other people's like biases um it just is sometimes a bit tough, especially when just like everybody else, you just want to run a successful business. Um, other than finance, I'd say confidence, which isn't something that I face so much now because I think in the process of running MDM Flow, like my confidence has grown a lot and I'm very good at like building myself up and empowering myself. But I can definitely see how like my growth in confidence has 
taken the business to different levels so I definitely say like if you're someone who wants to run a business but you've got a lot of insecurities and are very self-doubtful like definitely take time it's not just about the work you do it's about how you feel about the work you do and also about how you feel about yourself like you can't constantly beat yourself up in the process so I definitely say like where um you know having yeah a decent amount of self-confidence but obviously not being like beyond arrogant um but just being able to like keep yourself motivated and going um through tough times and yeah I think that's it really I think that there are other like little things like obviously working with other people people can let you down um like just kind of like resources or like things falling through but yeah running a business is a minefield and you um just have to like find your way of working and just continuously be a problem solver and I think once you've built yourself up and you're confident and you're resourceful about how you manage things um then you can go a long way Mm. wow um what have some of your highlights been today um oh highlights I've had so many highlights I definitely say I'm having a bit of a highlight moment now because at the end of last year like last 2017 was a really tough year for me and I I think a lot of um, founders find it really difficult to talk about hard times but um, as a business like it wasn't we weren't really growing at the rate I wanted it to grow Um, I felt like I was kind of losing touch with my community just because I was focusing on other kind of internal things Um, so it got to a point where I just felt a bit jaded about what I was doing and what like yeah and who I was doing it for kind of thing so I kind of just made a real decisive effort um, from the beginning of this year to just be really active um, and engage with my community and like do more events like the event that we met at and really talk about what I'm doing and tell my story to my customers as opposed to just talking to the industry. And it, it wasn't something that I didn't know whether this would work or not, but I'm really starting to see it pay off um, and starting to see people really connect with my brand again, like the way they did um, in like 2016 and previous years. So it just like for me, um, yeah, it's been a highlight because it just, you know, once you, when you have a sense for something and it works out in the way that you expect it to, you kind of feel good. Um, because in some ways it just proves that intuitively you do know what you're doing um so that's kind of yeah um a key highlight i'd say a superficial highlight um would be when we got featured in new york times which was one of the biggest transformational moments of my business um it just meant that we went from being really tiny and really unknown to being put on somewhat of a platform and that has led to so many amazing opportunities so yeah amen uh, as someone is of african descent yeah how, how would you say being african or being of african heritage has infused your journey so far um being african specifically nigerian yeah. has like has been as tough as it has been fun yeah. <laughs> um i'd say like Africans are very like strong and like coming from a very kind of like strong traditional family um you know saying oh I don't want to be a pharmacist or a doctor 
banker or a banker or a lawyer or anything that you kind of know as a you know secure career actually I just want to like start my own business and I want to run a beauty company and there's this weird thing like if I tell someone I run a beauty business they're like oh okay and it's kind of like I don't really know how to handle what you've told me but if I tell them when I'm, I'm an entrepreneur then it becomes something so much more substantial so it's just this weird thing of people's like biases and preconceptions about who you are and what you do based on what you tell them and I think like as a young Nigerian woman that's something I've had to just get over and just been like like it doesn't the only people that I need to care about what they think about what I'm doing is my customers because they keep my business alive anybody else like no matter how close I am to you no matter how much I love you like your opinion literally doesn't matter when it comes to what I do because you don't understand the value of what it is I'm creating and then but on the other hand it's been amazing when really great things have happened because like Africans really know how to celebrate people so I have this massive community that shares every good thing that happens with my business um so yeah I think it and also like the traits um, from the culture of just again like the resilience hardworking, um and all these kind of even just like my confidence I think is something that I get um as being a, an African woman so yeah it's just this kind of like marry of trying to make the most of what is good about the culture and not focusing on the negative elements that come along with it and just like just building yourself up and like defining knowing that I don't have to like I remember when I um started my business like currently we're in some very like mainstream retail spaces and I remember um like I met someone um who wasn't African funnily enough and they were like oh you know maybe you should like sell your products in hair shops and I was like no that's not really what I'm trying to do but just kind of um understanding that people limit you based on like their understanding of things but you have to like tell your own story and do things your way that's so true um i've recently pretty much come to the realization that many people tend to limit you uh, based on their opinion of themselves you know exactly if they can't do something they believe that you can't do it either exactly and, and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> as Africans or just people in general, we need to come to that realization that as human beings, we are on different paths. Like, but the, know, I think the difference with Africans on top of that is that Africans feel like they know everything. Mm. So that feeling of they can tell you what you can and can't do. Plus, they also feel like they know everything. It's a it's a really strong power. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it makes you resilient in the end, especially when you, and I think when you prove people wrong as well, you gain respect. Um, So it's interesting to see that transformation happen and over quite a short period of time as well. Mm, Definitely. Um, Who or what would you say are your strongest influences? Um, I am influenced by every single woman that is popping, that's running a company, that is running a household. Just the strength of women inspires me every single day. Like I listen to so many podcasts and I definitely spend like 80% of the time listening to like um, female business owners, female entrepreneurs, female journalists, female agents. Um, Just because I think like in a world that is completely unbalanced, women have managed to just do and achieve the unthinkable and especially like for example recently um Winnie Mandela passed away 
and if you and just looking at her story and her strength and in the time that she did it like the world was so much more like number one like sexist mm-hmm. on top of that dealing with racism on top of that dealing with like abuse um but yeah just being being able to be strong and resilient and come out the other side um i think is just something that i will always admire um yeah so i think just women like i I always used to say like um female entrepreneurs but i think it's so much more than that now i think it's just like women who who are representative of something and you know and fight their miss it their mission and are transformational in what they do so obviously you've been in the beauty game for industry i mean for about six years so um in the time in the time that you've sort of navigated this space how would you say this industry has changed and what do you think has remained the same um oh so much has changed i think over the last four years like social media has been insane um in a positive way for the industry um with just just the growth of like mega influencers bloggers bloggers women of all shapes sizes skin tones personalities being able to just be themselves, grow communities and have a different point of view has been really transformational at, at, um, for the industry. Um, I think that's been a positive thing, but I think the negative thing is that even though that's happened, it's not really impacted the greater beauty industry as much as you would expect it to. And I feel like a lot of the changes, specifically when it comes to diversity in the industry, is still a real underground thing. Um, There's a lot of gatekeepers, especially when it comes to like bringing out products within the beauty industry. And I think that will change with time. Um, So yeah, it's kind of like, there's so much activity and excitement and like the beauty community on Instagram after, I think they're the second biggest community on Instagram after the gaming industry but then when you walk into a retailer they probably still look the same as five years ago it's like why is there this massive like influxion online but it's not represented in real life um but at the same time like some retailers are really struggling so i think like people will have to catch up with like what is happening but it's just been very interesting to see that transformation happen and even like with myself and my story i think um, I've been able to tell my story myself, which has been really transformational for me. Um, whereas before in the beauty industry, like um, founders didn't really get to say, unless they like put out a book or opened a store, you weren't really in control of your narrative in that way. So I think that again is something that has just changed with time. And it was a lot harder for me at the beginning of my business to get my word and message out there and now it's a lot more of an easier process so yeah so there are there are some wins and there are i guess some challenges or struggles that we kind of still need yeah. to grapple with in the with regard well, we're to getting I, yeah we're getting there the biggest thing is just like representation across the board like yeah. it just needs to be equal it needs to be more diverse and it, it will make things exciting and i think a lot of that's what a lot of the gatekeepers don't understand they're scared of what's new and what's different whereas actually what we need is what's new and what's different yeah, definitely amen to that <laughs> um what advice would you give to your younger self about the working world knowing what you know now um if i was speaking to my 17 year old self i'd say start now 
I think I just spent so I don't even I don't even think I spent that much time self-doubting but I think I spent more time than than was necessary self-doubting and I think like the ease the earlier you begin the earlier you get there um and I think the confidence I think people talk a lot about like the confidence gap with women in the workforce but I think the confidence gap with young women is even more of a bigger issue um, when it comes to women in education women in school um, and just like I'm a massive advocate for women studying STEM subjects so that science technology engineering and maths and the fact that women tend to or girls tend to do um, academically better than boys at school but then somewhere along the line tend to drop off these academic subjects because they consider them to be careers that are more targeted for men so I think yeah being a more confident young woman is definitely something I would try and influence my younger self to do. Uh, say for instance you were to take on a um, sort of a protege or someone to kind of like mentor and this person was just randomly say 16 year old 16 years old uh what advice would you give to them you know whether uh, i would say and like and i have like had like young women work with me i'd say like explore all your ideas now um like one of my cousins is like 15 years old and she's really passionate about um fashion design um and like and she does like a lot of like sketches and drawings and, and i'm like how many drawings do you do in a week if you're doing one do two if you're doing two do three like whatever it is that you're passionate about start working on it now don't wait until you're an adult being an adult is not exciting um you, you have a lot of tips <laughs> like you, you you can literally do anything or learn anything on the internet so just kind of continue to develop your skill set and, and just don't wait for like this fun exciting life that you think you're gonna hit at 18 because like that's just not how the world works anymore uh, if you were not in the beauty industry what would you be doing Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, I don't know, being a very miserable pharmacist or or maybe, I don't know, maybe journalism. I'm, I've always been quite passionate about investigative journalism. So perhaps something along that line. Hmm. Um, as we wrap up, can you tell our listeners what life philosophy or quote you live by? Oh, I absolutely love quotes um a current quote that i came across today that was i I really held on to last year and i think i'm gonna like bring like back into my the way i operate um this year as well is um if you chop your own wood it'll warm you twice um and and just the, the idea that you need to like put in the groundwork that nothing really comes easy and actually you get the best results when you like you know do it yourself um with regard to mdm flow where can our listeners find it say shop for it do you do you stock it internationally and in terms of locally in the united in the united kingdom where can we where can they shop for it yeah, so we're in quite a few um, retailers, um, Harvey Nichols, Pretty Little Thing, Nasty Girl, Online Up Boots, um, look fantastic, but the best place to buy us from is mdmflow.com. Um, we sell a lot of limited edition shades um, through our own um, website and channels, and actually we are now um, shoppable on Instagram as well, so you can literally like click through to the colours that are posted on our page. Okay. Uh, where can our listeners find out more about your crowdfunding campaign and follow you on social media? 
Um, definitely go search um, MDM Flow Flawless Base into the Indiegogo site and it'll come up. Otherwise, just go MDM Flow on Instagram, Twitter, um, Snapchat, Facebook. And yeah, we've got the links to the campaign everywhere. Yeah, awesome stuff. Florence, I will definitely include all your details on our uh, episode show notes on the website. Thank Thanks. you so much uh, for joining us for this week's episode of The African Bohemian. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. If you enjoyed this week's podcast session, be sure to catch up with us again next week when we speak to another entrepreneurial trailblazer. In the meantime, remember to follow us on social media and subscribe to our blog to stay up to date with the entrepreneurial lifestyle. Until next time, never give up and keep believing.